Okay, good morning. We are going uh, to be carrying on our series, What's So Amazing About Grace? That's what we've been looking at, that we're saved, we're justified by his grace. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has paid our debt. We have not and cannot earn it. And that we continue to stand in grace. We're not trying to pay God back. We're not trying to earn his acceptance. This is the grace of God. And today, as we look at a passage for today, which is Titus 2, verses 11 to 14, we're going to see that Paul says an awful lot in just a few verses uh, about this amazing grace. So uh, if you want to turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, I'm going to read. Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So as I say, Paul says an awful lot in just a few short verses. Verse 11, the grace of God has appeared. Jesus came, born, lived, died, rose again. The grace of God appearing in historical reality in the person of Christ. The grace of God appeared, offering salvation to all through his sacrifice. And that offer stands today. You can know Jesus today. You can know that your sins are forgiven today. If you're watching and you don't know him, ask him, come to him, reach out to him. Perhaps you might even want to join the Zoom meeting afterwards. There'll be people there who'd love to talk to you. The link will be below the video. Just click on it after the meeting uh, and we'd love to chat. As Paul goes on in verse 14, it was to redeem us as a people uh, to redeem us from all wickedness and to pur- for- purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And if you're in Christ today, this is the truth. He's redeemed us. We're his people, purified, washed clean. And a truth that anyone can know today. See, Paul in this passage, he takes us right back to the cross, to much, as what we've, to much of what we've already been looking at. Wow, the grace of God has appeared in Jesus. But then Paul also looks forward. Look at verse 13. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We're waiting for this blessed hope. Jesus' return, his glory revealed in all its fullness. Eternal life with him. Eternal life for us who are his people, the ones he's purified to be his very own. You see, Paul paints a wonderful picture here, bookending this present age. Jesus has come. Jesus is coming again. 
and showing the wonder and beauty of the grace of God to us in Jesus. What a saviour, what a hope we have in him. What, how wonderful it is. And you see, what Paul does in this passage is he speaks into this time in between. He's urging Titus in the letter to, to instruct those believers on the island of Crete where Titus is uh, about this time, about the grace of God. By his grace, he has redeemed us. He has saved us. He's washed us clean by his blood. We now await this blessed hope on that glorious day. And so therefore, here in the here and now, verse 12, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. You see, Paul shows us that the grace of God impacts how we live every day. It changes what we do and how we think. It changes our hearts. You see, Jesus has accepted us, warts and all. We can't earn it. We weren't and aren't and can't be good enough. We can't do it ourselves. We cannot earn it. We cannot make our own way there. We cannot save ourselves. He has forgiven, redeemed, paid the price, cleansed us, purified us, made us clean in full knowledge of our faults and our sin and our rebellion. He accepts us, wiping our sin away, taking our sin as far as the east is from the west. But then he doesn't leave us there. This is the grace of God. He has won a people for himself. Verse 14 again, pure, he's purified us, a people eager to do what is good. This is his grace at work in us, enabling us to live out what he has made us to be. He's made us to be children of the king, to be the bride of Christ, to be his people, purified people devoted to him. You see, a picture that's often used in scripture is one of us being ingrafted branches. Speaks particularly of, of the Gentiles of being that, us as Gentiles, but, but ingrafted branches, that picture of a branch, maybe wild, maybe, maybe dead, now grafted in, grafted into the true vine, added in, made alive, joined to him, and now by his grace, enabled to be who he's made us to be, to be, to be fruitful, to, be, to get rid of dead bits that need to come off, the stuff that doesn't belong, and to bear fruit. You see, Paul tells us here specifically that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And secondly, to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. So let's look at those two things. God, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Now, there's a problem in the sense that, of course, law can also teach us. Law can set out a great list of rules and perhaps say in an angry voice, well, what about swearing? Say no. Lying? Say no. Stealing? Say no. Something else? Say no, 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 no. You mustn't, you mustn't do any of these things. These are the rules. Say no, say no, say no. And we can get thrown by language or connotations of a word. Oh, teach us to say no. Is grace like that? Is that what the grace of God is doing? No, this is the grace of God. 
that's saying, teaching us to say no to ungodliness. The grace of God that has saved us and brought us in to a relationship with him is at work in us to make us more like Jesus. Teaching us, changing us, making us more like him. Changing our hearts. Ezekiel prophesied. You can look in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. What does God say? I will take your hearts of stone, your hard, cold hearts. Take them. I'll give you a heart of flesh. One that can be shaped and one that is soft and able to learn and to follow. This is what Jesus has done. Paul reminds us in in Romans chapter 6, in Romans chapter 6 and verses 17 and 18, he reminds us of this, but, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that's now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You see, we can so easily slip into this legalistic way of thinking. Oh, teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Do, must I say no to ungodliness? Do I have to? Should I? Is, is this up to me to do? Isn't there grace? No, this is grace. We get to say no to ungodliness. We're no longer slaves to sin. We don't have to sin. We get to, we love to, we delight in following our saviour. This saviour who is glorious, we get to follow him. His grace teaches us to say no to the things that aren't of him. We can, as Hebrews encourages us in Hebrews 12, throw off all that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What grace You see, it's so easy to think in terms or to slip into thinking, oh, this means I mustn't do these things that I like. These worldly passions that I enjoy, I mustn't do. I suppose I shouldn't. I'll I'll say no, I'll be good. But God's a bit of a spoil sport, isn't he? But when we understand, this is grace teaching us, teaching us what is good, what is best what it is to follow our saviour who is the best Romans 12 in verse 1 we've looked at before uh, it talks about offering our our bodies as living sacrifices but he goes on in in verse 2 in Romans uh, Romans 12 verse 2 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will God's way is the best don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world say no to ungodliness but be transformed this is the grace of God at work in us by the renewing of our mind and the changing of our hearts or as Paul puts it here it teaches us to say no to ungodliness but also Grace teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. You see, this is the truth that God is making us, enabling us to be who we are, who we are, who he has made us to be, children of God, part of Christ's family, part of Christ's people and God's family. Or as it says elsewhere, new creations, the old has gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. 
You see, grace teaches us to live in his ways. It's grace that changes us and transforms us. His his perfect, good, fruitful, life-giving ways. Grace isn't teaching us to so that God spoils our fun. God's calling us to the best life we could ever live. The best life. What did Jesus say in John chapter 10 and verse 10? He's talking about him. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And what did Jesus come to give? Life in all its fullness. The thief comes to rob and destroy, but I've come to give life in all its fullness. See, this isn't spoil sport God who robs all our fun, just say no. This is the gracious God who has the best for us and he's teaching us to say no to anything that would get in the way of that. Again, it's by his grace, by his spirit at work in us. By his grace changing us, by his spirit who he has given us. What grace of God that he has poured out his spirit into our hearts. You see, Paul would describe it elsewhere as the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, verses 22 to 25, we see uh, those wonderful fruit identified. The fruit of living by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're called by his grace into a a wonderful way of life. Grace, teaching us to say no and teaching us to live with self-control, upright, godly lives, as Paul tells us here. Getting to be more like our Saviour, getting to be more like Jesus, isn't this the best? It's the work of the Spirit in us. So let's be filled. Let's go on being filled with the Spirit and let him work in us. Let's continue to be taught by grace. It's not to say it can't be challenging and difficult. It can be very difficult. Hebrews 12 talks of running with perseverance. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 9, uses the example of an athlete running to win the prize, going into strict training. We could imagine an athlete, maybe a marathon runner, one who from an early age has just been passionate about running the race, about being a marathon runner, about being the best they can be, focused on on a love for running and the prize, running to win gone into strict training, taught to say no to anything that would get in the way. No, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I am going to get out and I'm going to run. It can be hard. It could be, be days maybe when it's like, oh, this is a, this is a challenge, but I, I know what I'm going for. With a focus on the love for the running and for the prize at the end. See, our goal Our desire, our passion, what we focused on is so much bigger than a marathon race, so much greater than the prize for running a marathon. It's him. It's Jesus. Hebrews 12 again. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. 
This is our goal, our price, to run after him, to be more like him. And as Paul states here, waiting for that blessed hope. What a goal, what an end we have, what a hope we have in sight. That final day when he comes in glory. What amazing grace. The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. Or to summarise, teaches us to be more like him makes us more and more like our saviour day by day. How do we apply it for us today in this particular time? I'm going to turn to Romans 8 verse 28 just quickly. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Just thinking about this as I was preparing. And we know, familiar words, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those wonderful words. God is working in all things, in all things for our good, that we might be conformed to the image of his son. So I'd ask the question, what is God doing in us collectively? and individually at this time. He is at work. In all things, he is at work for our good, making us more like Jesus. His grace teaching us, teaching us to say no to ungodliness, teaching us to live in his ways, teaching us to follow him more closely, teaching us to be more like him. So in this unusual time, let's be attentive to what he is saying and what he is wanting to do in us. I was reminded of two recent words that we've had through our meetings. Will's encouragement the other week, reminding us of that final day, which is echoed here. Let us live in the light of this coming blessed hope. Let's do that. Let's keep our eyes fixed on that. Jesus is coming back. Jesus will return and we will be with him forever. And Ali also last week bringing that word, that picture of her walking along the beach after the ship in the storm, but walking along the beach, choosing what to pick up and what to put down. i got a particular sense for today. Maybe there are things for us to put down. Or, again, as the writer to the Hebrews put it, to throw off. Maybe even things that you've always thought, well, that's just what I'm like. I'll always be like that. I, I can't change. That's who I am. Well, what Ali brought was God saying, no, that used to be a part of you. You don't need it anymore. You can put that back down. I'm going to encourage us. Let's be listening to him. Let's be in faith that God is at work by his grace in our hearts. He is changing us to be more like his son. And so as we worship him right now, I'm going to encourage us. Let's draw near to him. And ask him, God, what are you saying to me right now? I'm going to pray. Father, fill us with your spirit and work among us as we sing. Lord, would you build your kingdom here? Lord, would you set your church on fire? By your grace, teach us, Lord, to say no to ungodliness. Keep teaching us, God. To say no to ungodliness and to live godly lives as we wait 
Oh, we wait in that blessed hope, waiting for the blessed hope of your glory and your return. Thank you, Lord. Amen.